I'm André Villas-Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, the future is lily-white. Come on, you Spurs. Hello, and welcome to Echoes of Glory, Season 10, Episode 23. I'm Jack. I'm A.S.T. And it's been another difficult week as a Spurs fan. Ooh. I'm almost going to be able to, in a few weeks just cut the first 30 seconds of every pod and just paste it at the start because like I don't you know because it's difficult every week at the minute I um, think we you could just go over the last nine years there's an episode now for everything apart from winning winning a cup <laughs> apart <laughs> from them happy the, I'm not saying winning the Champions League but just winning a cup in general maybe <laughs> after the Audi Cup but, now uh, obviously it was difficult at the weekend against West Ham we'll talk about that but I've already forgotten that we beat Wolfsburger <laughs> like literally days ago. Is, yeah, that was crazy, isn't it? What we need to do is go and either play in the Austrian League or go and play in like League Two because they're, they're, that seems to be where we're getting our wins from. Maybe a champ, maybe we'd be a half decent championship team. Uh, I'm joking around, but the Wolfsburger was, you know, when you have you go in the Europa League. I, I come back to the Mario Kart analogy. You go some. Like my daughter, my 15 month old, she's a proper Bowser. Like once she gets going, she gets up loads of speed, but she can't turn. She's got like a bovine turning turning circle. She just can't because there's so much weight going. Like I think she's got like three centers of gravity. Like she's massive. She's like um. You remember the old um games on PlayStation One and PlayStation Two where you could only go in straight lines. You couldn't yeah, like yeah, turn, yeah. and that's it was it. like walk, stop, turn. That's just, it. I imagine her being like that. But that's it, and you, like. In the Europa League, there's always like some players, some teams that are super attacking, super defensive. Like they've got a, a nippy winger, or they've got a couple of great players. Wolfsburg didn't have anything. That <laughs> they just were not very. They're not a very good football team. Like it's, it reminded me of Marine in that way. They just mm. were not good. Uh, and it it at three one, it looked a bit dodgy. But uh, I thought we played very well in the first half. That was the positive. But um, he was definitely a bit nervous, Jazzy, because he put Hoiberg on, didn't he, with 20 minutes to go at 3-1. He, yeah. Because if it had have gone to 3-2, it's like, it is then game on. Like, 3-2 first league mm. result, this is still good, but you've only got to concede an early goal in the home leg, do you know what I mean? And they've just got a lot of men behind the ball, and you're 1-0 down with 20 minutes, and then it starts to get really dangerous. Well, um, it was weird, wasn't it, the substitutions? Because they, they just seemed, he just brought on, let me, I'm just bringing it up, uh, lineups. Yeah, he brought on. Came on, didn't he? Half time for Sun. Yeah, and then he brought on Lamella and Bergvine for Bale and Mora on 64 minutes, and then and Dombelli and Hoiberg. So he'd made five substitutions, which is like unheard of, really. That's a pre-season thing because the whole game changes. Because that's something we don't really talk about enough here. Is uh, and I'm I'm being I'm trying to be as neutral as I can rather than being biased here. Is is when you have a successful 11, each player knows what each is meant to do and can rely on the other ones. They know what's going to happen. If you change one, it's a bit more difficult, but you could, the players sort of work out. When you change three or four, that's when it all breaks down. And here we had five changes during a game. It's That's a really difficult thing to do. So credit where credit's due for Tottenham. And it was, it was very professional. Yeah, and there was some positives to me. Like I thought Bale looked good. I thought Delhi looked good. Like, yeah. I, like I was happy with us going forward. Um, it gave me confidence, really, going into the West Ham game, um, that we would at least be on the front foot a little bit more. And I was just, I mean, I didn't. I, I streamed the game. I don't have Skype, but the first 
20 minutes I just had the commentary on because I was in the car. Yeah. Um, and like it was just it's just so predictable from what it seemed the first 20 minutes, just like weak. West like their goal, yeah, their, their first goal is just it's just weak all over the pitch. Like if you I watch that so goal. frustrating. Yeah, I've, I've seen I've, I've seen the goal back. It's just shocking. Well, it's a foul on Reggie, right? It's a foul. I think by it's I think Suchek. It's, Suchek. I think it's one of them that he does foul. He does. He does. I don't know. I don't I, like. If I'm honest, I'm like that's the type of thing that that contact like that and things like that, like off the ball, go on all the time. Sometimes you get it. Sometimes you you won't get it. Like so. I, if I it's think in probably, the box. it's probably more a foul than it isn't. Yeah, that makes <laughs> so sense. It's a foul. But I'm like, if it's in the box and it spurs on a West Ham player, it's a penalty all day long, right? Because it's taking a man out. Probably. It's a it's a foul. Yeah. But I know what you mean. It's one of those ones where there's a bit of me which just wants to be like, Reggie, like you're not in Spain now, just stand up for yourself a bit more. Like you yeah, be I a bit stronger. One of them that's like you probably get it more often than you won't, but you won't get it ten times out of ten. That was the yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. contact yeah. that it was. Um and like I said, stuff like that goes on, you know, near enough. In every goal you see, you could look at a bit of play where a player's been a little bit physical and it's like, could that be given maybe? But even after that they're just, it's just, it's so weak, isn't it? It's just like defenders not reacting. That's it. I've been trying to work out where the problem is because I saw a lot of blame for Hugo and he could have caught it, but it's right in front of him. And then, I did, the I second... did, you know, I, I've been very frustrated with Loris the last couple of months and um, I don't put any blame on him really on the first no. goal. I'm like, I think he makes, I think he makes a good save. And as a centre back, or is there's any position when you're defended in your box, if there's a shot on goal, you follow the ball in. That's like, what I wanted to talk to you about. Because the, the two players who had responsibility then are Dyer and Tanganga. Dyer was on Antonio, but as the players drifted forward, they had to swap men. So Tanganga then had no one behind him, so should have pulled in. And Dyer blamed him immediately afterwards. But I don't think it was exactly fair because in the split second for the first shot, he's he's just left... Antonio for the goal so it's just a mess basically the problem with the problem with any back four that we're putting out at the moment and we can talk about how much he's having to chop and change it at the minute as well because that's another yeah. thing whatever back four is being put out there isn't anybody defensively that is taking charge it's like Tanganga could have dealt with that ball Dyer could have dealt with it like yeah. either one of them could have dealt with it and it's sort of like when you're in the penalty area and the, the ball's flying around like that, deal with the ball, have your inquest after. Like, mm. it's just, I just feel like, you know, from the start of the season where we looked like we were enjoying defending, like it looked like the team and the, and the individuals were yeah. getting pleasure and satisfaction out of heading the ball, clearing it, being an annoyance on the opposition. And I just feel like we don't, we've lost that. We've lost that desire and almost obsession to keep a clean sheet like I don't yeah. think we have that now and um Antonio simply was he reacted better to the situation and That's he wanted it. to get there like that was all it was like he, he just gambled but it's like it's such a frustrating goal to concede because it's a completely avoidable one and that's what's difficult to take and you know it's the same on their second goal really that it's like what oh. worries me about us is that teams don't have to do a lot to score against us now it's like they put a ball in the channel, like behind our fullback, and it causes absolute mayhem. And I think the whole West Ham game, West Ham were right. I mean, they they were compact. They you know they I don't they didn't go forward too often, but they were compact and they made made it difficult for us to create. And you know they took their chance on the break, but 
What worries me is I didn't think West Ham really played that well. They didn't have to play that well, they and they still beat us. The worst bit is how quiet their fans were afterwards. Like they just expected it, and it was just another day at the office. I've never known it like that. I mean, they're they're in the top four for a reason. It it was a top team beating a mid-table team. This yeah. is our lowest position in. Let me have a look. I had it up. This is our lowest position since 2009, when we were below Portsmouth and we were 16th. <laughs> Bad, isn't it? It's really, it's, it really was bad. But but also the other thing for me was I wasn't like I was annoyed watching the game, but it, the, it, the the result and the performance and the way it went was what I was expecting. And it's sort that's of like that's what that, is it? bad at the minute. And but also it's sort of like I haven't had much expectation other than sort of probably the first ten games of this season for for God knows how long. And that, that's what worries me. It's just sort of like, I'm like, well, we'll probably get beat because we're not that great anymore. Um, so it's frustrating, but I thought the last half an hour was much, much better. Um, I thought Bale came on and I thought he played I thought he played pretty well. Um, I thought Lucas Moore had an all right game as well. Like I feel like the last couple of games he's played quite well for us. He's, very, he's a very unpredictable player and you don't ever quite know what you're going to get from him, but I thought he did well. Um, we had enough chances in that game to have taken at least a point. I'm not going to say that we necessarily deserved to win the match because I don't know if we did, but we had enough chances to score. Um, Kane had one of those games, didn't he? Where like he didn't play poorly, but mm. it like it just wasn't quite in the corner. You know where some games yeah, everything yeah. hits is yeah. back. It was like it, it wasn't hitting the ball poorly, wasn't striking it badly. It just wasn't quite in the corner. So it meant the keeper could get down and save it, or like the free kick that just goes wide. Um, but my positives were Bale. I thought I thought he, I did think he was excellent, and That's I thought Doherty, I thought Doherty was excellent as well. I think those yeah. two down that right hand side, because it is basically what what I've seen the difference in the last three or four games, and I know we've been losing, but like I think of Everton as one. Like Doherty's getting forward now, and it's sort of like that's where he's dangerous. Like a guy can defend, like he's not a poor defender, but he's good when he can bomb on. And it's sort of like I think when Bergwijn's played in front of him, they're both so deep all the time. And then when we break, Bergwijn makes runs in behind and he stays wide. That's sort of where Doherty wants to go. Mm-hmm. Whereas when Bale's in the side, Bale naturally will, will will come inside and will want the ball at his feet, and it opens up space for Doherty. Mm-hmm. So I think that those two have looked all right for me the last couple of games down that side. But I mean. Other than that, there wasn't really much to take from that West Ham game. It was just we're in such a slump at the moment. And I'm looking around and I'm just sort of thinking, like, how are we going to get out of it? And that's what's making me nervous at the minute is I'm not quite sure. Um, On the contrary to that, um, Steve Marsh on Twitter um, tweeted in earlier and he said he doesn't see a team not playing for their manager, unlike the end of the Poch era. Yeah. It's quite the contrary yesterday. Second half, they they did seem to be giving their all. Is the sheer amount of games this season so far and lack of rest killing the team? Or is it the players and the manager? Loads of points there. It's a good point on not playing for, on the point that they're playing for the manager. They're playing for uh, Mourinho. And that's what all the reports are coming out, whether we believe them. But all the words from the players and the manager are that they're disappointed in the results, but the the atmosphere between them is great and yeah you don't get that feeling that they're playing as individuals because they're frustrated they're just something's not clicking um i think we'll come on to what, what we think that is now knackered there's a lot of teams who are knackered i think i don't i don't necessarily think it's 
our number of games. I, there's a there's definitely a COVID thing in that everyone is exhausted at the moment. Everyone's got families who are in it. They can't. Everyone can't travel, but everyone else is there. I, I I'm not sure it's. And I don't think it's exhaustion from games. I I think it's something that you said is we haven't had a squad refresh. Like that that period where we didn't bring anyone in, where we spent nothing in the transfer window, that, that's not how you build a football team. Like mm. that was remarkable and we're paying for it now. And we're we're paying for like for not refreshing the team in five years, really. Like we've brought in backup players, but there's been no one to come in and challenge and then take over. We've the squad has aged. They they went through periods where emotions were high and they were running hard and they were exhausted, but actually they they were getting through on the wave of that emotion. And now it's sort of some bodies are broken, people are older. There's nothing fresh coming through. Now there are, obviously we've got Reggie and Hoiberg and then Dombele and people are starting. And, um, Bergvine, but would Bergvine make it into any of the top four teams? Probably not. Reggie would, I think, um, and Don Valley would, but he, he he's been away recently. It's just we're just missing a whole squad refresh, and I think our front, uh, the, our attack is really poor, really, because you've got Kane, who we have to play Kane. He doesn't trust Vinicius, which is crazy. I don't know why he doesn't trust Vinicius. Bale is just coming good, and I thought he was brilliant. And we haven't mentioned his goal, that chop back and goal. It was absolutely brilliant. That That's what we want to see. And that's what we've been talking about, the way he plays for Wales. It's not it's not this bombing runs. And you you saw it a few times, even in, um, in, um, in the Wolfsburg game, where he tried to catch up with some of his defenders, and he couldn't. And that's fine. That's not his game. But the attacking we're missing an Ericsson we're missing another wide player a first team wide player to really take us on and then obviously we're missing centre-backs I think we're just missing first team quality players we've got a mid-table squad Lamella shouldn't be starting games for Tottenham Hotspur if we want to be top four it's just interesting isn't it because I think a lot of Spurs fans now are sharing that view at the start of the season I remember there was an infographic that went around that showed our squad and it basically mm. shows having two, two players in every position. We do. And I remember everyone, pundits, fans, being like, Spurs have got a really good squad this season. Like That is as good a squad as Spurs have ever had. And I think at the start of the season, I was looking at that and I was like, I agree with that. I was like, I'm really confident going into this season. We started so well. And now I'm like, I'm torn between, do we have players, point one, do we have players that are not good enough? And... That squad at the start of the season, is that just a squad of squad players? Do you know what I mean by that? Like, is really it just, we've just got, have we got just like two B-list players in every position rather than an A-list player and then a C-list? Do we just have Bs everywhere? Um, two, do we have a squad that is excellent and individually players are massively underperforming? Or is it that three, we've got a squad that's excellent and the manager is massively underperforming? Or is it that everybody's underperforming at the moment. And that's what I can't quite figure out because I had a lot of, I probably had more blame on Jose than what I've had since he's joined about three or four weeks ago, because I I just thought that we weren't approaching games correctly. Like even if we were going to play counter attack, that's fine. But I didn't think that we, you still have to press the ball and you still got to be first and win your 50 fit and all of that. And we just weren't doing that. And that's a motivation thing. So I was very frustrated at him probably for the first time. But since then, I feel like he's actually 
taken on board and it's surprising he's taken on board a lot of the criticism of we're too defensive we're not we're not playing an attacking side we've played an attacking side the last four or five games and we don't look any better going forward or defensive like we don't look any better we just we look the same yeah um which is why there's been glimpses like the last half hour against West Ham, which was sort of like, right, this is better. But like in my opinion, like we should be able to pin teams in for more than half an hour in a game. Like we should have the bulk of the play like that, but we're just not able to do it at the moment. So I keep swinging between what one of those points is correct, or is it a combination of all of them? Because it's a real head scratcher. Um, we were talking earlier as well, which I do think is an interesting point about um, Monaco, weren't mm-hmm. we? And we were saying about, you know, I mean, you messaged me and was like, what's happened to Monaco? Like, they were unreal. And I listed five or six players just off the top of my head that they've lost. Um, and we were, we were saying, weren't we, like, is it just a case of that, like, we had a good period of three or four years and we just sort of dropped off back to sort of where we've always been, which sounds extremely negative. But, like, at the minute I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, if we can't get success with Pochettino, and a real success, I mean, like, major honours, Pochettino rain was a mate, the best rain. It was brilliant, of but course, yeah. with nothing to show for, as we know. It, was it a case of like we've had we've had two brilliant managers, like Jose Mourinho and Maurizio Pochettino, are two brilliant managers. Like they are that like they've, Mourinho's got the track record of decades of winning. Whether or not you like him, his style, like he wins. Pochettino's the complete opposite end. He's young, he's energetic, he brings a passion to a team and a love for a team. It's completely different to Jose. We've, done, we've got two opposite approaches at the minute. We've had very, very good players in both squads and and we can't win. So I'm just like, like what? where do we actually go from here? Because it's like, I'm looking around and I'm like, we've done one approach, it doesn't work. And I remember when Poch went, I said, I don't think we should be going down the, the same Pochettino route now. I think we should go in a different direction. I still think that was the right thing to, to do because you're never going to have got a better version of Poch. It would always be a, a Poch not quite as good. It would have been a House and Hurt or an Eddie House, someone like that, like yeah, yeah. Rogers, like similar but not quite as good. We've taken a complete opposite approach, and that's now not working. So, like, where where do we go from here? That's what my worry is. Like, I can't see now. I can't see what it is we're trying to do. Like when we got Jose. So I'm making a pretty big point here. When we got Jose. I, I was like, I know what we're going to do. I know what we're trying to do now. We're going to be robotic, emotionless, aggressive, and we're going to win, which is really the opposite of what we've been doing. And that's not worked. So what do we do now? Do we turn and do we say I've got it complete and go back to what we were trying to do before? Do, it's just like, it's a real, like, I don't quite know as a club now where we go, because I think it's inevitable that Jose will go now. I, I think that he'll probably stay for the remainder of the season, but like, I would, as things are at the minute, I'd be really surprised if he was in charge game one of next season at the moment. Yeah. It just it just does not it does not seem to be working for anybody. But my problem is, okay, we get rid of him. You can you can't you know it's not FIFA. You can't sell fifteen players in the summer and bring fifty. It doesn't work like that. It takes time. Like what do we do then? Like then you've got an, and you end up on a manager merry-go-round of how yeah. patient are you before you're like we're not doing this anymore. It has to be growth, organic growth. It has to be bringing that team through and understanding that these things take time. Pochettino had five years and it took him, you know, three years to peak. Now you can argue, well, is Mourinho being given that time to build that? He's never done. That's not his style. 
his style is to come into a half decent team, make it rock solid, win something, and then leave. That that's his thing. He doesn't build a team, and that's why I thought it'd be really interesting to talk about what we think they've been brought into. And you started to allude to it, where you go, Mourinho's job was to come in and win things, whatever it took, and he's not doing that. Yeah. He may do it with the Europa League, but for me, like I said last week, if I said to you, um, we are we going to win the European Cup? We'd say, well, we're not in the European Cup. We're also knocked out of the domestic cup. We might win a cup, but for me, the best thing about the Europa League, frankly, is just getting in the Champions League. I think that mm. that's a bare minimum. And I think Pochettino's job was to bring the club back together, to bring pride back to the team and to build a squad, which he did. And Mourinho's not really doing that. Mm. And so it has to go back to that, like, I've got to remember, we're in huge debt to the government. We've just opened a one billion pound stadium, which is sitting empty. The NFL haven't come. So all these streams of revenue that were meant to be coming in, they haven't been coming in. And so we haven't got billions to spend. We haven't got a sugar daddy who's spending loads of money. And we, I think what's also interesting is what we need. We, we know what we need. It's very clear. We need a set, some centre-backs and we need an attacking midfielder to hold everything together because the rest of the positions can sort of fill themselves. Maybe a wide player, Kane, Son... Ericsson replacement, right attacking replacement, Endombele, Hoiberg, um, Reggie, Lloris, maybe another keeper, but Lloris, you've got Doherty or Aria who are fine, and then centre-backs. That's a decent team, you know, that, that's that's a team. And then the others have, uh, are there. But it, the, what we haven't got is something that's been built for next year, because I can't see he might buy a centre-back, but then in two years' time, we will need eight new players. And the money is going to come from Son and Kane. And I can't see Son staying. He's got no loyalty to Tottenham. Obviously, he has because he works for him. But if, why would you stay at Tottenham? If, mm. Why would you? If you can go and get more money, let's say you can get an extra 25% on what you're earning now, and you can go and win a trophy, and you can play in the, in the Champions League where you deserve to be because you're one of the most exciting talents in the world, why wouldn't you? My worry with both of them is that so Kane, I believe, after this season, then got two seasons left on his contract. Yeah. Um, so it's like two and a half left at the minute. But, you know, once this season, he's got two more seasons. Like, this summer, they, the club with him have got yeah. to be like, you have. we need to tie you down to another five, six-year deal. Yeah. If they, and if he's like, I'm not sure about like, you can't run the risk of his contracts. Like, if he end, imagine if he ended up with like a year left on his contract. Like... That would just be absolutely suicidal. And I can't remember if I said this on the pod last week or I or said it on Signal and WhatsApp groups or whatever, but the squad needs a massive £200 million refresh and we don't have that money. The, clubs, you know, the club might chuck in 70, 80 mil and might say, we're going to give this a go. This is, we're really going to chuck this money at it. But ultimately, the money's going to come from selling players and... We're not we're not going to get a lot of money for our players. Limit. No one's going to come and give you 25 million for Davinson Sanchez or no. 20 million for Eric Dyer or 20 million for Ben Davis. Like you're not you're just not going to get these sums of money, which is worrying. But somebody would come and give you 100 million for some. Yeah. So it's like that's what worries me because it's like okay, let's say some let Juventus are the side, aren't they? That are being rumored yeah. to want some, right? Some some's what 28 maybe. So. Yeah. He's got he's got one big contract left, and it will either be he'll ever have that big contract at Spurs or he'll go. Um, if he goes, so get hundred million for him. If he goes, you've got firstly you're now. We're well, not only do we need two centre backs, we need to replace Sun. 
Yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, you'd end up spending 50 million, potentially more than that. And we've done this. We've had, we've been in this situation and and look what happened. That's that's the issue. And it's like, I'm not criticising this guy as a player, but like the type of thing that Spurs would do is you'd sell some for 100 million. You go and spend 60 million on Wilfred Zaha, who is a good player, but is not going to get you what Sun's got. Then you've only got 35, 40 left for a centre-back. What would that get you? Do you know what I mean? Burnley wanted 50 million for James Tarkovsky last year. So it's like, you know, it's not, you all of a sudden then you're thinking, God, we haven't got a lot of money. We're going to have to buy a young up and coming. And then you don't solve the problem of you need players here and now. Um, the big, the big problem with the squad was that it was amazing because the whole team in the pots reign, they all grew together. Yeah. And like each game and each month and each season, you could see us getting better and stronger mm-hmm. without investing too much. But that first 11 was every game was like, here we go, we're, getting, we're building. You can yeah, see yeah. players getting better and better and better. And they all sort of peaked at the same time. And that was when we were doing so well in the league. We had the brilliant Champions League when they all peaked. But then with that, they all drop at the same rate. And with footballers, the drop, is so much more quicker and rapid than the, the climb. And it's like, you saw it in some players. You saw it in Vertonghen. He, his leg just went, and like he couldn't move. Yeah. You saw it in Ericsson's attitude. He just didn't want it anymore. And it's like, the, these players all went at the same time, which was a massive killer for us. Because then, you're not then just looking at, okay, I need to bring one or two. And it's like, God, the five, six players that are the yeah, core yeah, yeah, first yeah. 11 are now either A, not wanting to be here, or B, are not at the level anymore. And it's like, I think for me, I've just, I've always defended Dyer because I've always liked him. But like, I watch him at the minute and I just think like, I don't understand how he's playing. Like, I really, I really don't understand it. And, you know, Danny Rose stuff. He's gone to the Danny Rose stuff. Which was, he said, he had a a bust up, didn't he, with um, Jose or conversation with Jose. Um, on there saying basically that why does he keep picking players that are performing poorly in training and performing poorly in games like you keep picking the same players and Rose's argument was you're not giving me a chance to show what I'm doing I'm not you know for any minute saying let's try and bring Danny Rose back into the fold not at all but I think the point is interesting because you know Dyer plays a lot of games for us and I can't remember the last time he had a good game like I really can't there's, so we're going to talk about the first 50 games, but I've done, I've had a look at the transfers each have made um, and the net spends and things like that. And one of the things that's made me think about is, like he's, he said we've got a problem with centre-backs, but he's gone and bought Joe Roden. Now, again, I am biased towards seeing him play, but just play him. We're at the stage now, we're not going to make top four. We're nine points behind with a game in hand, but, you know, whatever, and other teams are dropping points, but I can't, and we've got a, a decent run of games before, we've got three awful games, I think we've got United, Everton and City in April, so we've got to get, and that that will be at the same time as we've got a final and semi-final of the Europa League if we get that far, April could be absolute madness for us, but I'm at the stage where I'm just like, just play, play the kids or just play just go a bit more experimental because the team that you've got who are meant to be the bankers, which is what Danny Rose is saying, they're not doing it. Now that Mourinho will have a reason because even Dyer's C game and experience may be better than Rodon's A game at the minute. I don't believe that to be the case, but I don't know. It, it just seems maybe he's making a point with it. 
I think it's hard, also, also the other thing I think is hard is with young players you never know what you're going to get do you like that you know that's not just young footballers there's young people in you know work. there's going to be a mistake that's the thing yeah. you know they're going to be in the wrong place or there's there's going to be a lack of there's going to be a gap somewhere but I remember I actually remember um Arsene Wenger giving an interview about it and saying if I play a 20 year old centre back I know that he'll probably cost me more points and he'll gain me over the course of the season. But I can nurture a young player, bring them through, and potentially that player at 25, 26 can be one of the best in the world. Or I can not play the 20-year-old centre-back. I can play the 30-year-old centre-back who I know is going to give me six, seven out of ten every week. But that's all I'll ever get. And it's like, where do you turn? And I think in moments where you're struggling, which we are at the minute... I think I imagine that Joe has had conversations with the likes of Dyer and Sanchez and Toby and Hugo and said to them, look, you guys are my experienced players. You're my defensive stability. Like, this is what I need from you. And they probably would have had a chat and been like, yeah, I know, like, I made some mistake. Look, look, I'll, I'll cut it out, basically. And then he picks them because he needs consistency. And then, bang, they make another mistake. And it's just like, there's just no... I don't think you're getting any... I think you're probably getting less consistency from your big experienced players than you would the youngsters. That's and it. it's like the Roden one, yeah, I mean, he hasn't played much, so I, I can't comment too much. The one for me that baffles me that he doesn't play more is Tanganga. Tanganga, at the minute, Because, yeah. like, I know he, he got pulled, didn't he, half-time against West Ham for tactical reasons. And I understood why he wanted to get Doherty on the pitch because Tanganga had a lot of space in the first half and was a little bit unsure about what to do which is fair because he's really a centre-back that can go out and play a full-back, but he's not going to do no mm. do what Doherty does. What surprised me was that Sanchez or Dyer weren't taken off and Tanganga was just shifted into the middle. But that mm. was what baffled me because I watched Dyer and Sanchez and at the minute, like I think that I can't think of any team in the league, even down to Sheffield United, that would say, I'll swap you our centre-back pairing for, for those two. Like I can't think of anybody that would that would want to do that, and it's it's just so frustrating watching them uh, at the minute. Um, yeah, the the fifty game thing is an interesting point. Um, I don't know what the exact stats are, and I saw somebody tweet this earlier. I know there was a bit of talk on match of the day I've got him. last night, which was comparing Poch's first fifty games as Spurs manager to Jose Mourinho's first fifty games. To on the full stats. Okay, so games 50, Mourinho, 123 to Pochettino's 26, so three games fewer. Uh, Mourinho's drawn 12 and lost 15 versus drawn 7 and lost 17, so Poch lost more. Goals, Poch, we had scored 85, whereas we'd only scored 80 under Mourinho. Um, we've conceded pretty much the same goals, 56 to Poch, 57 to uh, Mourinho, and 14 clean sheets each. So points per game for Mourinho is slightly lower, uh, 1.62 versus 1.7. And the Pochettino win rate was 52% versus 46% uh, for Mourinho so far. And our goals per game is 1.7 under Poch versus 1.6. And, our, you know, it's they're all in favour of Poch. And the neither one... are great records, are they? That, I think that's the important thing. Like, neither neither's great. No. For me... Uh, is you have a look at the the squads they've come into like you have a so I've got the two like if I pull up I've got it here the West Ham nil Tottenham one uh Pochettino's first game the team was Lloris Norton Kabul Dyer Rose Bentaleb Kapu 
Ericsson, Lamena, Lennon, Adebayor, and Holtby, Townsend, and Kane came on in that game. Mm-hmm. And Friedel, Dawson, were on, and Soldado were on the bench. I still think our current team would beat that team. And so that that's the big difference, right? The, is And I've had a look at the spend in that time. So in they've had three windows. Now, obviously, Mourinho had, has had the COVID window. He had all of that stuff. But the net spend is 28 million. So Poch, in the three windows, he had the net spend of 28 million, whereas Mourinho's got a net spend of 93, having spent, Mourinho spent 135 million pounds. Because I, I saw a lot of these things being thrown around and I was like, I couldn't think of like who he's bought. I know he spent 30 on Reggie and like Hoiberg didn't cost a great deal. Bergwine, I know we sort of, that was sort of done as he joined. So it's, is the Lo Celso thing being counted as part of Jose's spend? Yeah, and I think and Dombele will as well. Yeah, because I think they're the two that are like, the Lo Celso one's hard, isn't it? Because it was like, it was all done and we've just made him perm since Jose's been in charge. Yeah. Oh, so I did winter transfers. Let me do 1920 winter transfers, uh, arrivals, Bergvine, Fernandez was a free. Yeah. Uh, so Bergvine was 27, and then we sold Ericsson for 24. Nothing we could do. And then if I go into. And then it was like Joe Hart, wasn't it? It was Reggie, 2021. Bale, yeah. Vinicius. Because we've not, we've not gone and spent, you know, a, a large sum of money on a play yet under Jose. But that no. does justify, you know, how poorly we are playing at the moment. Well, Gio was 28, Reggie was 27, Doherty was 15, Hoiberg was 15, Rodon was 10. So that that's 99. Mm. But and that's then, where I think the Lo Celso one's difficult. I think it's a bit unfair to include it, just because it's sort of like, it was a loan, wasn't it, with the view of going perm when we, we got him with Potts, didn't we, on loan? So I think that's the only one for me that seems... Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, okay. even taking that out, we spent 60. But my point is that we haven't gone like um, just been like bang is 50 mil on a player, you know. But 15, 16, which is Poch's big year, he brought in Sun for 27 and Octobi for 15, which who we knew would work, but that was an incredible deal. He also then spent 13 on NG, 5 million <laughs> on Vimmer, 4 million on Trippier. So he had some good, he had some decent. But for me, it's who he sold. Like in that same window, he sold Soldado, Townsend, Polinio, Capu, Stambouli, Kirikes, Holtby, Lennon, Kabul. You know, so there's a lot of, like you say, we can't get rid of players. That's eight players I've just mentioned. I think that's interesting, isn't it? Because it was sort of like, that was clearly like where the manager was backed in terms of getting rid of players. Mm. Um, I know we've spoke about this before, but Poch wanted after the Champions League final... Ericsson, Vertonghen, Alderweireld gone. He didn't want, he was like, get rid of them now. Um, and that would obviously have been a massive, massive shock to everybody if all three of them had left. But he wanted, and he wanted Rose out as well, didn't he? Yeah. Um, so he wasn't massively backed in terms of, you know, getting rid of players. But I think the point about the 50 games was, and I saw this on Twitter earlier, where it was tweeted by um, Severe Spurs, and it, it said that. One thing I don't get is when Poch got 85 points in his first 50 games at Spurs, we were all told to give him time and wait until he gets his players. Jose's reached the same milestone, which is three points less than Poch, but needs to go even though, but needs to be sacked even though he hasn't got all of his players yet. I do think it's an interesting point, but I think that part of the reason why a lot of fans are saying 
Jose's got to go is because Jose's not uh, he's not lovable. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's not the way Pochettino was. It was like he was a very lovable guy, and we and it seemed like we were building to get somewhere. But the expectation now is we don't want to build. Like we need to be there now. It's an instant. It wasn't like okay, we can give a guy. But do you know what I mean? Because we've we've been so good and consistent in the league, and we've had good cut runs and all that. The expectations much higher. So it's like fans don't want to wait anymore. But Pochettino came into a bad squad that had been poorly invested in, who were lower down the league, where we needed someone to bring us together and start to win in ways. And the trajectory was high. Mourinho's come in, got fewer points in the same amount of games, maybe three, but it's three. Uh, he's got fewer points, spent more money. Uh, he is the manager of our rivals, a former manager of our rivals, and he's done it on a very specific way of playing football, which means you sacrifice everything, but you win stuff. We've sacrificed a huge amount, and we've got nothing. Like we, not yet. Not, and but I think the the counter to that is is not yet. So it's like we've, as a club, we've a hundred percent sold our souls and our identities. And I'm not afraid to admit, as a fan, I'm like, I'm happy to. I, I literally, when we got him, I was like, I'm happy for the next few seasons for the football to be dreadful for us to win. Like I'll, I'm, I'll stand by that. I'm like, I will happily watch us. For the remainder of this season be dreadful in games and not particularly enjoy it for us to get over the line in the Europa League or get over the line in the League Cup because we do we do need to have that the problem is is that's not obviously a sustainable long-term way yeah, of yeah. the club being, being ran so for me it's bad it's really bad at the moment the ends justify the mean to a certain point right so if we get to the end of the season and we've, and we've got some silverware then I'm like, it's been worth it. But if we end up somehow beating Man City in the cup final, finishing ninth, that for me is like we've got the cup that we needed, but this, this is not a sustainable way of us being. We've done what we needed to have done to have got some silverware, but we can't be in this league position like we can't be. Mate, we're not beating City right now. And... It's a blessing that that game got push back because that would have been the weekend just gone or the weekend coming up like it would have been around now wouldn't it that we'd have been yeah. playing they've won like 18 in a row haven't they? Like well the that. last time they lost and conceded more than one in a game was when we beat them 2 yeah, exactly. but okay so we're not going to beat them I don't think and then you have a look at the teams left in the Europa League and imagine imagine it's a Tottenham Arsenal final and we go and get our arse handed to us in Europe by Arsenal like that could happen I think I'd have to stop with it all, if that happens, like I, I would just, we've never played Arsenal in a cup final, have we? And it's like, I just don't yeah. think anybody could. I don't think anybody would want that. Do you let know me, what I mean? Let me read you these teams: Man United, Benfica, Leicester, Rangers, Roma, Leverkusen, Napoli, Donetsk, Ajax, PSV, Olympiakos. All in the competition. Mm. We're not beating any of those. We can't beat West Ham. Yeah, no, it, look, we it's can't gonna... beat Fulham. It's going to, like, I, I, do I see us winning the Europa League? No. Um, we've never gone past the quarterfinals. That's, and I feel like, I think we've only made it to the quarterfinals once, haven't we? So it's but, like... But what what are we going to win then with with this? The manager can't... What If, if he can't sort out the players, which I think is his job, 
like his job is not just to pick an eleven and to work on the playing style. That that his job is to sort the, the players out, whether to motivate them or just to stand in the right places or whatever. Like this, you you can coach people to make fewer mistakes, and he's had fifteen months of them, so I'm, that that has to happen. And if you the the basics are sorting the basics out, sorting your system out, so that when new players come in. And rotate old players rotate out. Every other player knows what the system is. There isn't a system. Nothing's happening. We've sacrificed our soul and we've got nothing. And I don't even think we're going to get something. We've mm. we've skipped past a successful period of Mourinho and we've gone into there's nothing left. I, I just it does I, feel a little bit like you're you're in the third year of Jose. Do you know does. what I mean? Where it starts to it starts to go wrong. I think that the the problem for me now is is like right okay we get rid of him. What do we do? And like, I don't know if anybody has yeah. any kind of clarity on, let alone like who do you bring in, but like what do what do we now want to be? That I well, think and that's what's difficult. And it's like, because I, I don't know, like I don't know what what we should now be trying to become as a club. Like it's really difficult. So it's like if you just get rid of him, like you have to have a plan. You can't just get him out and just get yeah. like it's, you've got to have an, an idea of this is what we're going to do. We're going to believe it. Look, like, you know sort of what we did with Potts, but we massively lucked into him. But it would just sort of be like, right, we're going to go down the route. I'm going to go all out. And whether or not, you, I don't think you'd be able to get in. We're going to go all out for Brendan Rodgers. And we're going to invest in youth. And we're going to have a high-pressing style of football. And, that's what, and, and we're fully aware that for two seasons, we might be eighth. But then it's like, is that, I just, I don't know what our that, identity is. And I don't know what our identity should be at the moment. That's that's what I'm struggling with because we've, like I said, we've gone with the modern day manager and we've had so much emotion and all of that, and we almost achieved an incredible thing, but we didn't. We've gone the other way, and that's now not working. So it's just like cross. What you have you to do? flip it. You have to flip it, and you have to go. What are the actual options that we've got, right? Because we we are not a team that has got a bunch of old professionals who can play to nil-nils and one-nils. I'm not confident that we could go and get a nil-nil anywhere that we would have to try and score because we will concede. We're not a team that can go and stop a team from scoring against us, right? So that the idea that there's a manager that can come in and make us super solid at the back because Mourinho is that man in world football. So that's not an option. So something has to change. It has to be about the style becoming more attacking or it has to be more of a team game, or more, a bit more flexible. And so there has to be a massive change. And the, for me, the thing is, it has to be done now, because you have to couple that with the probability that we're going to lose at least one of Son or Kane. And speaking as a as a person, there's a bit of me which goes, what are you hanging around for? I have to question your ambition or lack of ambition if you're sticking around at this squad. Like, really? Like, what do you... You're going to be 30 by the time we're really challenging for anything big now. And you're not going to be as good as the 27-year-old. Like, I have a look at... Kane's meant to be the best striker in the world. I have a look at Mbappe. Mbappe's on a, in a different... Playing a different game to, to the rest of world football. And you go, the manager that comes in is going to want to make massive changes. And he's probably... And he's going to have to come in, talk to Son and Kane about their plan before the summer. Because something they're going to have to make a move. They're going to have to, He's going to have to work out who he wants to keep and who he wants to get rid of. And then plan... And then tell them that and start that plan now. It has to be done now. Because if he waits to the summer then Mourinho is going to go, probably, in which case someone's going to come in and have no idea what his best 11 are. So we're going to wait at least 
half a season till we get to the winter window, but no one really moves in the winter window. It's going to take a year for that to happen again. I think it's really dangerous. It's hard, isn't it? Because there's, there's two points to it. There is, could I see us at the minute beating City in, in any ga- in any type of game of football, even a five-a-side, I couldn't see us beating City at the moment. Um, and could I see us being consistent enough to go on a Europa League Cup run? I don't, I don't think, I, I can't really see that, if I'm honest. Because well, the, the difficulty with Europa League is that it's not just one-off games. It's like you're playing a team it. for three hours and it's like you've got a con and I just don't think we can do that. So it's the dip. So the, my question is, or I mean, a question, it's just where my head is at with it is changing a manager mid-season is chaos. Like it's chaos. Yeah. Like you're, ba- you're near enough like writing off the season. You're like, it's not worked. Let's get someone in now so they can get settled and then we can attack it next season. Right? That's, the, that's one way of yeah. looking at it. The other way of looking at it is when you bring a new manager in, especially to a group of players that are decent, which I still think we've got a decent squad. We have an amazing squad. We've got a decent squad. Yeah. There's there's that new manager bounce. Happens all the time with sides. It happened when Jose came in. We had a bounce of eight, eight, nine games, and it was like, here we go. We're looking all right all of a sudden. To win the League Cup, you've got to play out of your skin for one game, and you'd have to play well for six or seven games in the Europa League. So potentially, a new manager bounce could win you the Europa League purely from yeah. the leagues are right off, but it's a new world plan, confidence, blah, 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 all this stuff, and you go on a run in a cup and you win a cup. So there's two ways of looking at it. I still steer on the side of caution about changing. For me, changing the manager is the absolute last resort. Like th- th- we've tried everything else, we're going to now completely get rid of him and, and start again. Um, so I still steer on the on the side of caution. I don't know if I'm naive in thinking that part of me is still like if anybody can galvanise a team and beat City one nil or two one in a cup final, it's Jose. And maybe I'm naive for thinking that. And the squad of players, nothing. There's no logic or facts or anything that can back up that point. But it's just a feeling that if anybody, if anybody's going to do it. It's going to be him. And it's like, yes, the league form is absolutely dreadful. And we're so far behind where we need to be. But we can't, have, we couldn't have won anything at this point in the season so far. So is it not we worth... We could still be in the FA Cup. And we could still be in the running for the top four. And we're we could, not... We could, we could still be. But we couldn't have actually won any trophies at this point in the season. So is it worth giving him the rest of this season, seeing where we're at, and if he doesn't deliver, then saying, look, I brought you in to do this, you haven't done it. Now, I, I don't really have an answer. I think where I'm at with it now, probably four weeks ago, I was like, I don't want the manager gone. Like, I don't think that that's a good thing for us to do. Like, I think it's pulling the trigger too early, blah, 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 like his track record, all of that stuff. So I think three, four weeks ago, I'd have been annoyed, I think, if we'd have sacked him, because I think I would have just been like, that seems like we don't know what we're doing. Now, if it was to happen... I think I'm at the point where I'd understand it and I wouldn't be I wouldn't be like annoyed I wouldn't think why have we done that I think now I'd be like okay he's gone which is quite a big shift well yeah it is and I think if I think a lot I think you're still attracted by his past because if this was Tim Sherwood he'd be gone mm. if this was Harry he'd be gone by now 
for this record. That's because he's proved like that's because he does win everywhere he goes. That's the thing, isn't it? Like that's what is keeping him in the job. And maybe maybe the Spurs board and Levy's got a similar thought process to me, which is like if anyone's going to beat City, is it going to be Jose? If anyone's going to beat Pep, you, you can't see it, but you're like, if if we did, it would be like, oh, it's Jose. So what did you yeah, expect? If could we have Jose from 2007? Eight, then probably, but we don't. We've got someone who failed at Man United, who's run out of Real Madrid, and has is in the worst form in his life, and is still saying, "quote my mine and my coaching staff's techniques are the best in the world." Well, they're not. If this is his best, then it's not good enough. I also think that with Jose, that he is a brilliant coach of the elite. That's what I think he is. I think if you've got a Kane, a Ronaldo, a you know, Schneider, Robin, Drogba, all these guys, I think he can get the best out of those players. Yeah. And I think he finds a way because all those guys I've just listed, there, all the real top footballers in the world, and all the top players that he's had at his side have all had a very similar mentality. And I put Kane in the he's a winner. Like yeah. he like he is, you can see it, he's a winner. I know he hasn't got anything to show for it, but you know that he is. He's got that mindset. And I think Jose is brilliant with those guys. Yeah. But getting into their heads and being like, this is what we're going to do. The problem is, at Spurs, we don't really have too many of them. We've got a lot of average players. And I would probably say that Pochettino is better at getting a 5 out of 10 player to a 7 out of 10. And then if you've got, a, right. if everyone's at a 7, you've got a good side. Yeah. Whereas I don't, I think if you're a five out of ten player with Jose, you're five out of ten. I don't mm. think he really improves you, but I think he can take a nine out of ten to a ten, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. still a shift. But the which is a hard, a harder job than doing a five to a seven, much harder job. Almost makes it a little bit more baffling, isn't it? Like it'd be easier surely to work with Davinson Sanchez and Dyer and be like, you know, this is what, you know, this is what you should be doing, blah blah. Um, but I just think I think he's a brilliant manager of elite players, mm. and I just don't think that we have that, and that's the issue. And I think your question that you asked earlier was what was he brought in to do, and I think that when we appointed him, and there's a lot of Jose haters out there when we appointed him, there still are now, and that's absolutely fine. Everyone's thought to their view on him, but I think everybody could sort of understand from an unemotional point of view that this team is a nearly team. It's got so close, we just haven't got over the line. We need somebody that can basically get us over that line. And that and that man is, you well, know, a guy that's won everything. We needed him for our first season at Wembley, like, to take yeah. that winning team. But he's taken a team that's four years older yeah. and a bit decrepit. So yeah. I think well, that's it. I think it. that Pochettino is brilliant if you need to improve players individually that aren't that great and get them to a good level. Really yeah. brilliant. I don't think I just don't think Jose has that. It's not a criticism, but I just think that he needs a good squad to be able to achieve stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's to like which I wouldn't have Pochettino with having back. I I wouldn't I would I would still have got rid of him when we did or I'd still Yeah. Like that something was the right needed decision. To, something needed to change at that point. And I think the, there's a bit of me which is like because he was, you know, he kicked off about how he was no longer the manager. He was just a coach because he wasn't in charge of finances. And there's a bit of that where do we need to curb our expectations where City, Chelsea, United, Liverpool have got huge amounts of money and debt. But they've got they spend huge amounts of money and we are not that. 
we don't have that. We've got to pay for a stadium. Every everything is largely done organically. We've been incredibly lucky to home grow the best player in the world, and actually, our rightful place may actually be fifth, sixth, which is almost to the point you were making earlier. Is we're definitely not a ninth place team, where we've had our sort of jump. But actually, we need just to chill out a bit because we're not spending where like if you have a look at cities. Um, attacking midfielders, a- any single one of them would sit in the number ten role of any other Premier League, any other Premier League team. I'm talking Bernardo, De Bruyne, Foden, yeah. Mares, Sterling. Like, that's crazy amount of talent to have in one team. Like, absolutely nuts, and they're failing because they're not winning the Champions League. But they, they, that's the player that we need, and we don't have the money to buy buy one of them or pay one of their wages. And that's just something we have to get used to. Like the the Champions League was, it wasn't luck, but without VAR, we wouldn't have been there because of the Aguero goal. And Ajax was a crazy Mora hat-trick. Like, what are the odds on Mora scoring a goal in a semi-final of the Champions League, let alone a hat-trick, you know? I think you make a good point there. I think it's that we've gone from being a... If we go way back, bring Harry Redknapp in, you're a sixth, seventh-placed side that dreams of getting into the top four. You get into the top four, he goes, you have a dodgy a little dodgy period, Pochettino comes in and the aim was let's let's get into the top four again. Yeah, you know, let's yeah, be yeah. there a bit. We got in there consistently. Then all of a sudden the aim was let's mount a title challenge. Let's not it wasn't let's be champions. It was like let's be in let's get to thirty games a season and be in the mix for it. Like that's a step closer. And then the one after that, because we had a couple of them. We had the Leicester year. I know we ended up coming third. We had the Chelsea year where we got 87 points or whatever. Brilliant. Then the next step was like, right, let's win the title now. Now we've dropped back and we are now that side that looks like it might be able to threaten the top four. But we're, mm. we're a top four challenging team now. Like, we're not a top four side. We're no. likely to be fifth or sixth. Like that's sort of where I feel we are now at, and we've been at that point for probably a couple of seasons, couple of years, really. We're a Europa League team. We yeah, we that, that's where we've dropped to. But the issue is that you know we're ninth, aren't we? Yeah, it's like exactly. we're not even we're not even there. So that's ramp, oh, ramp, I've got ramp, a quiz. Let's do a like quiz. Oh, should we preview some games, or should we? I don't really want to. I don't really want to watch any football. Well, just quickly, we've got two games this week. We've got Wolfsburger in the second leg on Thursday night, I think it is. We're 4-1 up. No issues there. We'll get through. Brilliant. Then we've got Burnley. I mean, that is going to be the dross of a game. That That will be an ugly, ugly game of football. That will just be... It's the game we need. Yeah, it's like, you know when we beat West Brom four weeks ago? It's like we just needed an easy game to win. And it's like, Burnley are dreadful. That should be a victory. And we've got, and we've we've got, we've got what Palace and Fulham, isn't it? The next games we've after got that. We've got an all-white run coming up. Like we yeah. have got, and then I think we've got Arsenal, haven't we? Arsenal's on March thirteenth. I think that's a big yeah. one. It's always this time. It's my birthday on Thursday. It's always this time of year. It's weird. It's always this time of year. But um, yeah, I I do want to. We didn't really talk about it, but it is so good to see Bale doing it properly. Like. That's what we wanted to see, and it's it's nice that it's happened. And it's, we, just I need, think, we just need more of it now. We just need we need the Wolfsburger and the second half against West Ham every game for the rest of the season now. Like it. 
That's all. And then you might be able to say that his loan signing has been a decent one. That's it. Um, 2002, League Cup final. Um, we lost to Blackburn, obviously. But I'm, can you give me the team, please? I was at this game. Were you? I was there. Um, I've got a good story before. How old are you? How old are you? Uh, eight. Eight. Um, so I went with my dad. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I have such a clear memory of this. We're in the, because it was, it was at the Millennium Stadium in Wales, this game. And mm. um, we drove down there and he said to me in the car, you're going to see Spurs win the cup today. <laughs> <laughs> I was such a vivid memory of him saying it because it was like, we're playing a terrible Blackburn. Like, didn't Mark Hughes play centre midfield for Blackburn that day? Good night. Like, did indeed. It, like, it just—it was ridiculous. Um, and I remember him because I, I wasn't actually that big when I was eight. In at, at, like we got to a minute to go and we're two one down, and him picking me up and I, I was just walking out. And me literally like was something out of a film, like <laughs> looking back at the pitch, being like, "What's happened?" Like I just you know, couldn't. There's two players on this. So obviously I did move to London until two thousand and eight, but there's two players here. Uh, who played in this final that I have seen play for Spurs. Do you know who they are? I'm just trying to... Think. And I'm not talking any, like, Legends game or anything like that. Two players I've seen play first-team football for Spurs. Um, but, yeah. Maybe, like was, like, was it someone like Simon Davis or someone like that? Yeah, I never saw him play, but he came on. He did come on. Um, Give you a clue. One of them plays for Birmingham, uh, Birmingham Blackburn. In goal, Friedel. Friedel and Ledley played. Yeah, so let me try and let me try and do yeah, the sorry, Spurs. Yeah. Let me try and do the Spurs side. So in goal, two thousand two, was that potentially Neil Sullivan? It was indeed. Um, Steve Carr, right back. Nope, he wasn't even on the bench. Maybe he'd gone by that point. Maybe well, maybe he was just injured. Ledley, Ledley. centre half. Yeah. I know Christian Zieger because yeah. he scored. Um, Gus Poirier was sent in midfield because he missed an absolute sitter in the second <laughs> half. He hit the post. He was an absolute sitter. Yeah. Like he got the ball in the penalty, dropped the shoulder, the defender committed. Yeah. He, just to, he just basically had to side foot it past the keeper and he yeah. tried to bend it in the top corner and hit the post. And it was just like, oh, here we go. So I know Gus Poirier was playing. Um, or maybe go for like Les Ferdinand up top. Yeah. One of two strikers. Um, maybe Darren Anderson on the right. Darren Anderson, yeah. Who would have been centre mid? Oh, oh it, maybe it was maybe it was Stefan Freund centre midfield. Mm-mm. Nope. Um, who would have been up top? Make Chris Armstrong up top. Nope. Nope. Um, maybe Stefan Eberson. No, he was on the bench. He was on the bench. Um, let me go back. So I've got Ledley. Right, so you've got the goalkeeper. You've got Ledley and you've got... Is Justin Edinburgh playing? Nope. So right back, well, you've got a little Argentinian fella, it says. Uh, uh, what was it, Tarico? Tarico. Oh, he was bad. Ledley. And then you've got another English fella in centre of defence. Mm. Chris Perry. Chris Perry. Oh, he was a dreadful. He was dreadful. Little Welshman. Little Welshman. Uh, would be Chris Gunter, no? No. Ben Thatcher. Ben Thatcher. Oh, he was a little bulldog, wasn't he? Yeah. I mean, that's, a, that's a dreadful, dreadful back four. 
isn't it? How did we get Z- Ziga on the left, Anderton on the right, Poya, and then another one in the middle. Yeah. See how the other. It was, yeah. That's not a bad, actually, central midfield, because he was an all right player, Sherwood. Central midfield there is not too bad. And then it was Les Ferdinand and another one up top. I'm probably going to kick Spurs myself. legend. Yeah, yeah. Played for um, the United. Teddy Sheringham. Teddy Sheringham. And then substitutes Casey Keller, Anthony Gardner, Simon Davis, Rebrov, Everson, manager, Glenn Hoddle. Because like, you look at that team and it's sort of like, there's good attacking. Like, Ferdinand and Sheringham up top's a great front two. The goals, we didn't have Poirier at his best, right? He was past mm. it. He was still very, very good player. Darren Anderson on the right was a Darren Anderson was a fantastic player. He really was. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Blackburn team was just dreadful. Like I just remember a, a visibly grey Mark Hughes playing central midfield. Let me tell you, like, Brad Friedel, Martin Taylor right back, Henningberg, Niels Eric Johansson sticking the Bjorbe across the back, Keith Gillespie, David Dunn, Mark Hughes, Damian Duff, Matt Janssen, and Andy Cole. Not awful. But, I mean, that was a really poor, poor Blackburn team, that. But that was, I'll just never forget, you're going to see Spurs win the Cup today. I'll, I'll, just, I'll never, ever forget that. It was just like, he lied to me. He lied how to many, me. So you've been, how many finals have you been to with your dad to see us lose? That um, one, Champions League? That one, Champions League final, 2009 League Cup to Man United on penalties. <laughs> It's just it's, I've not got a good record. But the, this is the thing. It that's the thing. It's sort of like because there was a bit of a joke. that's like, oh, Jack's going to the big game. We're going to lose. But it's like we haven't done well in any big games for <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like I, I, mean, I always my dad always says that it sickens him when I'm like we haven't been in an FA Cup final since I've been alive. I know that that's the like, one. We've I mean, probably only been in like one since you've been alive. Ninety-one. Like yeah. Well, years, isn't it? Eighty-seven. You my boy. I was born in 87, so it's Coventry, which we lost, 91. And I, I love the FA Cup. Like, I love it deeply. And that's why I make such a point on the Cup. Like, because we always have to say we won a European Cup, not the European Cup. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, I'd love to win the European Cup. But there's something about the FA Cup. I wouldn't, obviously, I'd choose the Champions League over the FA Cup. But there's just something romantic about the FA Cup. I just, I just love Oh, yeah, that was a good quiz. That I enjoyed that one. Yeah, I thought I'd go back because I always just do the years that I know. <laughs> so, 2002. I thought I did quite well. I've only been eight. Well. That's not bad. Um, look, I mean, I think all you can do at the minute is just try and not let it get too much. Just try. Yeah. You know what I mean? Try not. It, like it is. It's it is football. It's important, but it's like. But it's, it's not. In, and it's kind of seeing the things. Yeah, it does. It doesn't matter at the moment. And don't get pissed off with other fans as well. That's the other thing. Is each person is angry in their own way. They're emotional about it. They're you're on Twitter and you're fling. Just just enjoy it. Fans of other clubs, ignore them. Just enjoy it. Like we've we've still got some of the greatest players in the world playing for our team. At, this is the worst it'll ever be. So we can only get better than this. And like everyone expresses their anger and disappointment in different ways. So let's just. Just enjoy it. Like it, it's just football. They be they're paid. They they play two games a week and they pay two hundred fifty grand. We're not. <laughs> just don't worry about it. Well, you're not far off. Please. I really am. <laughs> I really, really, really am. Oh man. But yeah, look, bounce back this week. Couple of good wins and all will be all be good again next week. But I feel like I needed that today. Like I needed to just have. Just to be able to talk about just all the frustrations and all the problems and all that that there are at the moment. 
I hate this. I hate West Ham. I really, really do. Like, I, I probably hate that game and the fact that it didn't mean anything to them, really. Although they're... they're um, why do Spurs official put out highlights of when we lose? What is the point? I do. Like, nobody is watching that. Nobody, <laughs> Nobody's watching, watching that. No. I just... I, I don't get it. And there's another thing. There's a massive parallel between us and Arsenal at the moment. Like, their fans are idiots. Our fans aren't. But... They've got an awful squad of players. Like, it, it's dreadful. As bad as we are, maybe Tierney, but I don't think he gets in our, our team. Maybe a Saka, Saka aside. And they're just, they're just dreadful. I'd probably have all of their goalkeepers at the moment as well. Well, yeah. And Martinez, the one they sold. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. What's a, what's a better centre-back pairing? Eric Dyer and Davinson Sanchez or Rob Holden and David Luiz? <laughs> You have to go out. You have that. The, that could be the worst North London derby in modern history. Like in terms of, you know, in a few weeks when we play, maybe nil nil. It'll be awful, wouldn't it? Yeah. With amazing defensive. Yeah, just two solid sides, like determined and dogged, and it's just amazing. Oh. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We hope that that was some well-needed Spurs therapy for you this week after a, yeah. a tough weekend. What are we were. We are echoes of glory pod at gmail.com at underscore echoes of glory. I'm at tweets by ASD. Let us know what you think. Yeah, let, let us know you feel. Well, what do you enjoy about the podcast? What do you not enjoy? If that's me, then I'll just stop being on them. Um, we get a lot of feedback like that, so we know. So can I can I just say that there is an amazing review on iTunes. There is actually some really good reviews about the podcast on there. There's one which absolutely kills me, which is somebody's given us three stars, and it <laughs> says best, it? It, it says completely disagree with nearly everything Jack and ASD have got to say. <laughs> three stars. <laughs> then goes on to say, but worth a listen. <laughs> but that's good, right? Because best review ever. Well, the worst thing is is. No one wants to hear something we just agree with everyone. And no one definitely doesn't want to hear me agree with you. So that's good. And I want to hear more from that person. Email in. I don't want to hear people agree Come with on us. The if you're that Come person, on the pod. Yeah. I reckon it might have been Junior Salanga. Oh, if yeah. I'm honest. Just having a go. Having a pop. Uh, but let us know what you think anyway. And we, we appreciate everybody's support and listening to us. And whatever happens, future's bright. Future's Lily White. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain, and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat-trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. Man!
stop. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2. It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next? We are Blanchflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.